0: Twitter at KUCI FM or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI88.9. This way you can be the first to know when we will be giving away tickets to your favorite concerts, festivals, and events. You can also call in 949-824-5824 to make a special request. KUCI, a community supporting the artistic creativity of all.
1: The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org.
2: Good morning, Irvine, after a nice Memorial Day weekend uh this is sports matters i am your host kevin drake and sitting right across from me is my partner matt burt who's probably in a really great mood today his gold state warriors are the fourth appearance in the nba finals
3: Um, i'm pretty even keel they still got four more games
2: and also too i'd like to introduce our guest today And we're going to have a nice, good sports conversation because I can't think of a better person. We just got, it's an interesting story. We just got reconnected after 30 years (laughs) of separation, so to speak. You know, sometimes you lose touch with people in high school, then the past has a way of uh, catching up to you. And this one was actually a good thing that the past caught up to me, if that makes sense. Anyway, I want to introduce to you Dustin Stone to the show. Dustin, can you hear me? Yes, I can perfect you sound great over the air Dustin uh, my partner Matt Burt how's it going
0: Dustin hey good morning
2: anyway um, I don't know what we could lead off with but I guess we'll touch on NHL just kind of get that out of the way because I know that's not your strong suit but Dustin um, yes I do want to ask you though what do you think about the Las Vegas Golden Knights being their first season and they make it to the finals I mean isn't that a great story
0: that is an amazing story, yes. Ah, it's just the
3: best story that's probably ever happened in the history of sports, in my opinion, an inaugural season for a franchise that literally they picked their players like how most expansion franchises are done, and they went to the Stanley Cup, in the championship, and they're, right now they're up 1-0. to zero. They're definitely getting a 30-for-30 30 30 movie out of them. And what they've done is on historic proportions.
0: I would agree with you on that, yes.
2: You know what's so crazy, too, is that Washington, it's also their first appearance to the Stanley Cup final in their 43rd season, and Las Vegas did in their first season. But to touch on what you were saying, Matt, is that these are the teams, these are the players that the other teams said, okay, they're expendable. So kind of like saying, okay, we don't want you, so to speak. So you got this team of so-called misfits, if you want to call it that. I don't think they are. I think they're really good hockey players, and then they just came together, and they just gelled. I mean, the chemistry is just amazing. And what Fury has done, Snag and Fury, having a great goalkeeper like that, I mean, they come out, they play hard, they play fast, and they just keep attacking, almost as if they got a chip on their shoulder. It's like, how dare you throw us to the curb?
3: <laughs> well, they kind of put it in perspective for um, people who follow basketball. It's like taking... You can only pick one player from each team, but you get to keep four of those players. So you're still getting a quality guy, and when you add all those quality guys together as a full 12-man roster, you got top-to-bottom balance. And I think that's what they have really going for them right now is top-to-bottom. They are the most balanced team there. They have arguably the t- from one to three the best line of defense um, in terms of this matchup between the two. I think the first line of defense for the Capitals is a studs and Brooks or Peck. And you also have John Carlson. So that you're not going to be able to match, but the rest of it from two to three, the talent level is so skewed towards Vegas. And that's why they've been so successful is you get a really good goaltender and then you get all this other kind of depth and when they all kind of mesh together, and a lot of these guys are like prospects for other teams that they've been kind of waiting on for a few years, and then they go to the Vegas Knights, and then they start performing. Like William Carlson is a perfect example of that, and he's been arguably their they've been their top goal scorer. He's been their top player this season, and he was a prospect guy for the Blue Jackets. And so when you look at it, this roster is just stacked.
2: It is. And here's a couple other elements, too. Dustin, you know, in Las Vegas, it gets really hot. And one element that they're battling now, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, their best player for the Washington Capitals, had said, you know, it's just getting adjusted. He goes, it was the nerves getting adjusted. He goes, to T-Mobile Arena was just so electrifying. He goes, the fans were so into it. And just that energy. So it just kind of made them nervous. The anxiety was high. But also, the ice is slushy. Uh, you could huh. do what you can with uh, with the arena itself, you know, try to cool it down. But with the heat outside, yeah. it makes its way inside, and it just so it kind of slows things down. So it's more of an advantage for Las Vegas because they kind of been playing on that all year, and they've been playing it through the playoffs. But that's just something, you know. Yes. I know Phoenix right. has a hockey team, but yeah, you know, but just the heat, the, the desert heat, especially in Las Vegas. I mean, they're in one, you know, right now they're getting their hundred degree temps. Sometimes one hundred and ten degrees.
0: <laughs> yeah, that can definitely be an advantage um, for the whole team in a situation like
2: that. Yeah, but
3: I mean, t- t- to your point, like, yeah, it affects other teams, but they've been winning on the road.
2: Like they've been winning everywhere.
3: They've been winning everywhere, so it's, it's kind of like uh, toss that out the window. I mean, if if the Capitals go back and they win two games, like let's assume that, you know, the Knights win game two, and in, in this. Perspective: The Knights win game two. Who knows who's going to win in sports? Like,
2: but look at the run. They swept the Kings in the first round. Yep. They essentially okay. They lost the first game to Winnipeg, but they swept Winnipeg out of the playoffs. Gentlemen sweep. Street.
3: And then this the, the sh- I think I I
2: went back the to say was that was a uh, that bet- was a great battle.
3: I. That's what I said. I said that the, when we looked at that series, I yeah. said the winner of that series would go to the Stanley Cup and win the you Stanley called Cup. It. Just because of the, the speed of both the teams, I mean, like, yeah, you, you, it's a little bit, like, to your point, the, the the conditions on the ice aren't favorable for the
2: visiting team. Now, Dustin, I do have to introduce you to Matt's crystal ball. I'm telling you, this guy, he, he just <laughs> nails it. When he does the crystal ball and that San Jose, the winner of the San Jose Las Vegas was the crystal ball pick, and he's right. Yes. And look who's at. Yeah. Las Vegas is in the finals. I mean...
3: But well, it's not over yet. I think this is going to be a not great over. series. It's,
2: I think it's still going to go seven games. I think it's going to be a great series. I think both teams fought really hard to get hit, get there. Las Vegas definitely has a chip on their shoulder, no <laughs> question about that. And Alexander Ovechkin, this is his time. So we'll see if he could step up and rebound and and steal a game too. All they got to do is get one.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I'd like I'd like to take you to the track with me sometime. <laughs>
3: uh, justified, Triple Crown winner. Well, that,
2: that that'll be <laughs> yeah. nice.
3: Bob Baffert. I, anything Bob Baffert does, I love. I just he's the, he's the horse whisperer. He like gets into the stable and he's like, and the horse is like, all right, nay, 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 and then he wins the race. That's how usually how it goes. I mean, the the guy is just like anything he touches is gold.
2: So yeah. That, that'll be exciting. But uh, so anyway, Dustin, let's get to that game last night. Game seven, Golden State versus the Houston Rockets. Yeah. I know they were tired. I know they're exhausted. It's very exhausted to guard a team that's just with so many prolific scores. The Splash yeah, really? Brothers, Kevin Durant. I mean, Draymond Green wasn't shooting a rock well, but he was doing everything else that he needed to do that he always does. You know, the dirty yeah. work, the grunt work. But what were your thoughts on the game?
0: Well, it's that uh, third quarter. Yeah, you know, the Warriors seem to come out uh, the second half of games, and just they make adjustments, and they just, you know, their defense and picks up, and their offense is working. And they, I mean, when they're on, they're they're hard to beat. That's for sure.
2: Uh, you couldn't say that any anymore. They are tough to beat. I'll give you some numbers of the big three: Clay Thompson scored 12 of his 19 points in the second half. Stephen Curry scored 19 of his 27 points in the second half. Kevin Durant scored 21 of his 34 points in the second half. Combined for 52 points. That'll certainly get it done. And their defense, they just knew that they would wear him out. But here's an interesting stat for you. James Harden, and even Kevin Durant said, you know, one of his comments after the game was, he goes, you know, James is you know dribbling the ball a lot. He goes, I knew he'd tire himself out <laughs> towards the end of the game, and we could take yeah. over. And, th- and I guess six hundred dribbles he dribbled. Now, who's
0: keeping track of these stats? <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> well, there's somebody are... out there looking for anything to pick on. You know. <laughs>
2: okay, your job is to count every single dribble that every player does. That's just your right. job. That 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 right. is an intern for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Exactly. Well, uh, you know, not having Chris Paul, of course, um, made a difference. But True. Uh, Yeah.
2: Because the Rockets, the way they play is a lot of iso ball, and I guess having Chris Paul in there is a nice counter effect because he's a veteran. He knows what to do. He knows how to settle Mm -hmm. his team down, and they can kind of trade off. And then Eric Gordon, you know, mixed in with those three-headed monster on the outside. It was working for him the last couple of games. Yes, Chris yeah. Paul goes down, but it's the next man up and it's just too much iso ball. If they just maybe would have given up on the three-point shot and stepped in and start knocking down some mid-range jumpers, could have been a different yeah. outcome. I don't know. I don't know if they could have beaten the Warriors. You're talking about a dynasty here. I yeah. think
3: I think what they kind of had going against them is that the, you have to expend so much energy to guard the Golden State Warriors. You're guarding three of the best shooters in the NBA. That means constant switches. And then the kind of style of offense that they, they create is a bunch of pick and rolls, which also takes a lot of energy out of you because you're basically you're setting a pick, you're taking contact, and you're trying to get to the basket. And when they keep doing that over a prolonged period of time, it ends up just biting them really badly. And, and it, it kind of showed in the last two games where they did an amazing job in the first half. And then the second half... It's just like, poof, they disappear. I mean, 25 points in the second half for Game 6, and then yeah. Game 7, they were they missed, what, 27 three-pointers in a row? Something yeah. like that?
0: Can't win like yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the old saying is, live by the three, die by the three, and that's I, what I, happened.
3: I also think that the, the Warriors, I mean, on the other end, not to, to let them get away with one, I, but I think that they should have closed it out a lot earlier. If you're a team of that magnitude, you got to close it out Earlier than that, they had an opportunity in Game Five. They had an opportunity to to steal one on the road in Game Five, and then you had an opportunity in Game Four to basically put the pressure. Absolutely. on Absolutely,
2: they could have won yeah. both of those games, and, yeah. and
3: but they didn't. They they failed to score in the fourth quarter. That's what it came down to. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone wants to say, uh, "Oh, if they had Chris Paul, it would have been a different story. We might have been, and I it might be." And that might be the case, but the problem with Chris Paul, and that's the problem with him, so often, is that he is constantly injured. It's unfortunate for him, but it, yeah, every year, every year, like with the Clippers last year, injured, and a year, year before, the year, year
2: before that, injured.
3: It's a like the longevity that he is something that he has always struggled with, and and this has been one of his healthiest seasons. And now now he comes in to next year with and a he big got decision the biggest decision That
2: he's ever been in the playoffs and he just broke down. That's something that, you know, what do you think Houston should do Dustin in the offseason? You think they should re-sign Chris Paul for 5 years, 200 mil, what he's probably going to get
0: in the open market? Or do you No, think I don't. And I don't think even with Chris Paul that you know, they match up talent-wise with the Warriors. Um I just You're think right there. You know he 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 knows how to run their offense. Um, you know as a point guard more so than Harden. Um, Harden has a shooter's mentality, and that's why he you know, dribbles the ball so much when he has it <laughs> instead of Paul, you know, passing it to him. But uh, you know the Warriors, I mean, talent wise, are just to me head and shoulders above even the Rockets. You know this year, absolutely. The Warriors had a lot of injury problems in the regular season. and That's what affected their overall record.
2: Yeah, you think about the Warriors were healthy, they probably could have won seventy games this year easily. Yeah. I think they got bored yeah. too. Well, they. That's, you know, it's another thing they said too is that you know you're, when they're playing in the postseason, going as deep as they won. You know, they've won two out of three of the championships. That the playoff basketball is just so much better. It's so much better competitive that when you're actually in a regular season, it becomes boring to them. And and as you know, you saw that with the Lakers too after the three P, they're just like gliding through, barely, not barely getting in, but getting in a lower seat and, you know, still would run the table in, in the playoffs. But it's the same kind of deal with the Warriors, but four straight finals appearance. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, I, yes, I know the Miami Heat did it, I know the Cleveland Cavaliers did it. But also what LeBron James has done. Eight straight finals appearance. I mean, he's eight-peated yeah. at the Eastern Conference. He's eight-peated. I mean, you've got to appreciate for what he's done.
0: Yeah. Regardless of how weak the Eastern Conference may be regarded, that's still quite an accomplishment under any conditions.
3: I think. If I'm da- uh, Maury, if I'm the, uh, the GM owner of the Rockets, okay, I'm giving a call to Maverick Carter. I'm trying to get LeBron James in the Houston uniform. That is the the number one priority for me because of this Rockets team. They need another ball handler. They need James yeah. Harden not to have the ball in his hand. Taking to your point, 600 dribbles, 500 dribbles, whatever it was. That's the ball stops. Yeah. That yeah, that ball stops. The ball should be passed more than it is dribbled. That's Why like do you think the, right? the
2: Warriors are so good? They move the ball. They're screen. They, yeah, they do pick and rolls, but they're moving the ball. They don't work as hard for their shots. I mean, they're working. Don't get me wrong. They're working because uh, Rockets' defense were playing out of their mind. But the Splash Brothers, you know, once they got going, it's kind of hard to stop them. And you got to be able to move the ball around to establish some type of rhythm on offense and not expend so much energy if you're putting a lot of energy on defense. Because it takes a lot of energy just to slow those warriors down. That's for sure.
3: Uh, it's just to me, the Warriors, the brand of basketball they play. It's it's too tough for you know two guys to try to play hero ball. Because that's what it essentially what came down to. In the, I mean, like obviously, the, I think the the Rockets. Not to say that they got lucky. But they did get pretty fortunate in the the game four, to the point where the Warriors were uh, I think three of twelve from the field, and they you know that's not gonna and, and they shot six free throws, so they scored twelve points in the fourth quarter. It's not a normal fourth quarter for the Warriors, and I think they couldn't really kind of find their rhythm in the first, but then they they found it towards the last half. I mean, Clay Thompson was the X factor in this entire series. He yeah, didn't. He, sh- he didn't show up, and, and he showed up in game one, and then he went missing games two through five, and then he found himself game six, and th- and then he gets three fouls in game seven. That was crazy, um, and then he he in, sits on the bench and still ends up with twenty points.
2: It's extraordinary, you know what they do, and that's just that's just the depth of their team, the 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 offensive firepower that they have, and. You know, when you got at least two guys going off, you know, they have a good chance to win. But when all three of them are clicking like they did the second half in game seven, they've been there before. They know how to win these types of games where the Rockets not quite there yet. And yes, I think they need a LeBron James if they even have a, want to have a chance to win a title. But we'll see how all this plays out. And speaking of which, Dustin, what's yes. the buzz? Because you're in Ohio, LeBron James. I mean, what's the buzz about him? Are they buzzing? I know you're further south. You're closer to Cincinnati than you are to Cleveland, but yeah, I know there's a lot uh, of Cavaliers fans there.
0: Yeah, well, what I've been hearing is uh, that you know, LeBron has problems with the, the Cavaliers owner um, Dan Gilbert. True, pretty much always has. especially um, since they burned his uh, jersey and effigy, I think that that really affected him. Uh, so I, I really don't I don't see him coming back to Cleveland you know after this year. I really don't I don't know where he's gonna but I don't think he's gonna be in Cleveland.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean it's just tough to say. It all depends on now what if he wins the championship this year, which is the the the, the odds are stacked highly against him. It's just so hard. You got the best player in the game going up against the best team in the game.
0: I don't think he wants to carry that much of the load anymore, you know? Even if he does win, I think he wants to get the right pieces around him so that he doesn't have to score 45 points, you know, to win the game. That's just, I mean, that's my opinion.
3: Well, I I think it, it all depends on what the Cavs GM, Kobe, ends up doing. If he is going to go out and get some superstars to build around LeBron, maybe that's a different story. Maybe he wants to stay but if he fails to do that, I could see him going to Philadelphia, to Houston. I don't know, even the Lakers. You know, it's. Uh, when yeah. You th-
2: yeah, when you think about that, he's won the East eight straight times. He's eight peed it. You think he might want to stay in the East and keep stacking up had, just to have opportunities to play championships. So he just tied Magic Johnson for the most finals appearance nine. Magic went to nine finals and won five. LeBron's at his ninth appearance. That's just that's an amazing feat right there. And when I was watching that game 7, I just I just watched the greatness of LeBron. I just truly enjoyed it. I just enjoyed how he just controlled that game. It's a chess match. You know, you get in these seven game series, you make adjustments after game 1. It's a chess piece. You're you're just constantly playing chess and conserving your energy into when you when you need to use it, when you need to get a bucket to get your team going. But LeBron stayed true to his teammates. He kept giving them the ball, even though they were missing. Sometimes the ball was getting turned over. But they did knock down some shots. He instilled confidence in his teammates. Now, it's going to take a hellacious effort from the Cleveland Cavaliers to make this Finals competitive. And hopefully, it could go six games, maybe seven. It'd be nice, you know. I mean, everybody in the world liked to see a nice seven-game series. But with the Warriors... I know Matt will probably disagree. He'll probably say Warriors in five, which that's likely to happen. But what do you think? You think Cleveland has a chance, Dustin?
0: Oh, well, with LeBron, you know, there's you never say never. But uh, I think winning one game would be an accomplishment for Cleveland. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's that's I see them winning one, you know, at probably the most. I was saying, once Golden State gets rolling, they're just impossible to stop.
3: I think that the Cavaliers are coming into this series with exactly what they want: being the underdogs, having a new look team, and still having LeBron James. So, to me, I think that they are very slept on Um, in terms of how they got there. I think they played an incredibly weak Western, uh, an incredibly weak Eastern conference. You played yeah. the Pacers, who weren't very good. You played the Raptors, who I mean, well, they, they were they, the number one team in the East. They can't stop LeBron, though. Yeah, no, who can? <laughs> someone was saying it's like this is the year that the Raptors they they knock off um, LeBron. I mean, that it looked like it on paper. However, LeBron James against the Raptors does something crazy. He literally just goes. Just he goes into a different gear when he plays the Raptors. <laughs> like that one game-winning shot where he's just like running and his feet are facing the baseline and he just yeah. releases the ball and it click, kisses off the glass and goes in. I was like... Beautiful shot. I don't yeah. think... I. Th- he just turns it up. I think it's, he's seeing Drake on the sideline. He turns it up because he <laughs> wants to I don't know what it is. And then, and then you play Boston, who's, I think... That they are too young to be really um, that. They played an amazing job. They played well above their years. I think Jason Tatum is a superstar in the making, but they are mm-hmm. they are not as it, experienced. It just enough. wasn't
2: their time, you know. Right? Yes, yeah, so they're without well, the two. Oops,
0: go ahead. Well, with without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, I mean, you're playing, you know, with not all your cards anyway. Um yeah. So they were at a disadvantage to start with. You know, if Kyrie and and uh, Hayward play, I think it's a totally different series.
3: I think so too. I mean, like, you look in the game seven, they missed a lot. Of, they had basically what was going on with the Rockets last night. Is they they expended? They were playing an amazing job of stopping Lebron. You held them to. I think they, they were in the eighties and then you the Celtics only scored in the seventies. But they went through a stretch in the fourth quarter where they couldn't score anything.
2: True. Yeah, they're yeah. just it just that that's fatigue. You know, you notice when the shows. They were shorthanded here
0: from the beginning of-
2: That too. See so, like I said, fatigue yeah. and you know, putting all expending all that energy on defense. But I'll tell you what, they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with and I yeah. I love their coach, Brad Stevens. I mean, my God, I wish he was the Lakers head coach, but I love Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton's going to do a great job for the Lakers. I think they will get back to prominence, depending on what they do in free agency. Yeah. However, I don't see the Lakers getting LeBron James. I just don't think that's a spot for him as of yet. But who knows? He could have end up there, but it's a very small chance. Like
3: well, it, it just all depends on who's going with him, who's going to be around him. I think that's more important yeah. to LeBron is who's going to be around him because he cannot do all this by himself anymore. He can't no. do it like at the age of 33 like he's not he's not he, he has been in the league for 10 years. Is that correct? 10 years?
2: LeBron? Yes. Longer than that. 15 15, 15, 15 years. years. He's been in the league for he's 15 years.
3: David West has been in the league the same amount of time as him. And look at how David West moves and look at how LeBron James
2: moves. Yeah. LeBron is a phenomenon, and it's just we should just enjoy yeah. it. One thing I'm tired of hearing of, they compare him to Michael Jordan. They, did, they they get on if he passes the ball. They get on when he shoots the ball. It's like, let's just enjoy for what it is. This man just went to eight straight Easter Conference champs. He's been dominating this decade. But he's got the greatest challenge in the world. He's got to take on the Golden State Warriors, who are just a dynasty. Plain and simple, they are a dynasty. And they got the deadly bite too. They will take you out, and they have no problem. The Splash Brothers. You think they're friendly and nice, but they got that deadly bite.
3: I think he's going to create a super team wherever he goes.
2: Well, let's talk about the matchup. I'll tell you one of my X factors though in this game or in this series. You know, Jeff Green's really going to have to you know really play <clears throat> play with force. He's probably going to be on Clay Thompson. You know, who knows is Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance coming off the bench. Yes. Because they have a lot of familiarity with the Golden State Warriors, and they play the Golden State Warriors tough. I mean, that's the thing. The Lakers play the Warriors tough, but it came up on the losing end. I think they got swept this year, but last year they split the series, didn't they, Matt? I, you know, as for... I don't recall, but I know they won a couple of games against the Warriors.
3: As for the kind of experience of playing the Warriors, um... That helps. That helps. It helps to a certain extent, but you know, as soon as you, like they, they use the quote by Mike Tyson, as soon as you, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, I think it, it's it's going to help, but Jordan Clarkson has just disappeared for that team. He has not, done, I mean, the, I th- I when I looked at that trade, I was like, wow, they got Jordan Clarkson, that's going to be an offensive powerhouse, and then he just disappeared.
2: I don't, I don't know, do you, you think it's just because of the level of play and, you know, being the first time going that deep in the playoffs. Well, I think that's it's, the thing. they have never just, experienced that before. It was not just
3: in the playoffs, it was in the regular season, too, where he just like he kind of disappeared. I think he he's getting to the point where he tries to do too much I see. on the offensive floor. Yeah. When he doesn't that's need part to. of
2: being young. He's you just kind of got to let the game come to him.
3: He is young, and he's going to be good. And I think that. Getting him as a he—he's better than advertised. I know a lot of people don't like whatever him. Whatever
2: happened to Rodney Hood? He's—he's he's not playing at all. Oh, I thought that was a great get. Yeah, but he just didn't fit in.
3: I, right now, the they have the puzzle pieces. They—they they basically they—they they were like they finished the puzzle in the regular season, and they're like, I don't like the way this puzzle looks. So they broke it up and bought a new one, and they're still trying to put together the pieces. Is kind of what it yeah. seems like. And to me, Rodney Hood, when he. Refused to go into the game. I I I just think that that killed all of his chances of of really being a big time rotation player. And now they're just going to rely on heavily on J R Smith and Kyle Korver because th- th- right now he is playing a position where they have a Jeff Green. Re- Jeff yeah. Green's he'll play more of the three and the four. Right. But I think you, you you have he is in a position where the most guys on that team that can play are at the two guard and the three guard like J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, and then you can you can put in Jordan Clarkson, you can put in Rodney Hood. I think I just named five people right there. That's literally almost half a basketball team. And that's five of their rotation players. So so when you look at it you're then you're, the rest of the rotation is wherever you want to put LeBron. And then you got Tristan Thompson who can only play the 5, and then you got Kevin Love who plays the 4 and the 5. And that's pretty much it for the rotation players that have. And then, and then Larry Nance who plays the four and the four only. He's not going to play the five for you.
2: No, no. He's more of a four a, very yeah, good where, athletic
0: defender. Where's the Where's the point guard, you know, and all that? But that's <laughs> that's yes. what they're lacking. That's, yeah, think, exactly. Yeah.
2: They're just minus Kyrie Irving and they don't really have a replacement. They, they've been using
3: LeBron as the replacement, but that, I, that's just not a replacement. That's why I think in the grand scheme of things, he... LeBron leaves little breadcrumbs of what he's going to do. He always has done that. Ever since he's the beginning of his career, when he was going to go to Miami, he left breadcrumbs. When he went back to Cleveland, he left breadcrumbs. I think he'll end up in Philadelphia. For one reason, it all depends on what, who they bring in in terms of the Cavs. If they can bring in a marquee superstar, let's say they bring in Boogie Cousins, and then they, they figure out a way to, to fit his max contract in. Maybe he'll stay because then he's got another player to play with, or they make a trade.
2: It's so hard to say, but you know he's going to stay in a, in a position where he can compete for championships. But
3: the the point is, is he said to Ben Simmons, he said, "You are the next king in waiting." He said that. That's I think that's cool. a, I think that's a breadcrumb right there. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a duck, I'm taking that breadcrumb, and I'm a duck in this situation. So,
0: I, I think that'd be a good fit for LeBron, yeah, you know, Philadelphia.
3: But I, it's just such a great story. Him being in, being in, you know, Northeast Ohio. Is it Northeast Ohio? You're yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, he's born and raised there. He's the number one pick there. Came right. back there. Him leaving again. Oh. It would tear
2: you know, them, but... I, I don't think it would. Honestly, he came back. He won Cleveland a championship. He he took Cleveland to four straight finals. And this one hasn't yep. been played yet. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, the Warriors are the heavy favorites. Well, you know what's going to... said, Matt, you, the Warriors, kind of how they played in the first half against the Rockets, as long as they don't overlook the Cavaliers, which they won't. They're such a great team. Kerr will keep them focused. And they just... Hopefully, they don't get bored in this series and actually compete, yeah, yeah it could be over with rather quickly.
3: Well, you know what um, will help weather the blow if LeBron leaves? How good the Indians are? I mean... No, how
2: about the Cleveland Browns? They even got the, a chance. They are, <laughs> Baker. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, geez. <laughs> no, Dustin and I, you know, we grew up playing baseball. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, of course we love our Reds. But, uh, you know, Dustin, you know, not, not to shift gears, but man, I gotta hear this story because Dustin. Okay, we went to Princeton High School together, but we also played on Little League together. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. went to Moeller High, and and tell us about that story because you went to that game. You saw Princeton versus Moeller that baseball game.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Se- senior year at Moeller. I was a junior, and um, of course, there was as many scouts there as there were fans you know, um Princeton's attendance at baseball games wasn't that great. But that day it was like double what normally is. I'm sure but um yeah. So, you know, I mean I'm, I'm watching him, you know, before the game and just you know just watching like how he's carrying himself and you can tell he stands out among you know the players there. He's a a man among boys pretty much. So he um okay, but the field if you if you're at if you're at the plate, you're batting. You're you're facing the junior high school.
2: Right, and there's a road, uh was it Princeton Pike
0: that um, separates Chester, the high school Chester and the road. junior high? Chester
2: Road, okay.
0: Yeah, Chester Road, yeah. And um I mean it's a you know, the the junior high is a good what, six hundred feet from from the field from your home plate. And so Griffey comes longer. up and
2: yeah.
0: he yeah. he just I mean he just crosses one and it didn't land at the junior high school building, but, I mean, it rolled about as close as I've ever seen a ball go to that junior high school well, he field. He
2: over Road. I know that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was a shot. But um, surprisingly, the outfielder got to the ball and made a good throw and there was a play at the plate. And uh, the catcher actually caught the ball before Griffey, you know, right as Griffey was sliding in, And Griffey took the guy's foot out. Actually, I think I broke his ankle in in the play. He dropped the ball, and Griffey got inside the park home run. There was no fence. They didn't have an outfield fence. Yeah, I remember that. It was all open. All open. And so then, in the ninth inning, here comes Griffey Jr. As a closer, strikes out the side. (laughs) (laughs) It's just amazing. I mean, he he had a better arm than the starting pitchers did on that team.
2: Yeah, it's like he you could said, have been he, he was a man of the
0: boys. Yeah. No, that's he just was a, so, he was so gifted naturally.
2: Yeah. And the fact that you got the experience, I was like, where the heck was I? I was probably working, who knows? Uh but that's that's just awesome that you got to witness that. You got to see Griffey before. And you know, two years later he was in the majors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was.
3: And he went on to have an amazing career. You yeah, saw it earlier.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the '90s. He was the player of the decade. But you know, Dustin also spent some time on live radio as well. Back was it in Illinois
0: where you? uh... Yeah, it was um, a little college called uh, Olivet Nazarene University, um, and close to Kankakee, Illinois. It's about an hour south of Chicago. Um, Yeah, I I played uh, Christian music on on the radio station. It was a Christian college.
2: Did you ever come across Sister Jean? <laughs> I tell you, I, t- no. I bought her bobblehead <laughs> doll. I was on the the run. Yeah, I think you were telling me one time, too, where I think it was Loyola, Chicago, the last time they actually won an NCAA championship, they beat Cincinnati. It was like
0: it was back yeah, in the 60s U- or something. Yeah, University like of Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Cincinnati had a 12-point lead in that game. They were trying to three-peat because they had won the last two national championships. And they they blew a twelve point lead, and Loyola, you know, called them at the end. And so, but they would have been the first, um, the first school to win three national championships in a row in college basketball. So so that was far, nineteen sixty three. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I wanted to ask no, you. Okay. So far this major league baseball season, what player have you really noticed? Like you took watch on. That's kinda caught your eye.
0: Like a new Oh, one. I would say I would say I mean he had a good year last year, but I would say Mookie Betts is really really off to a good start this year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What team what team does he play for? Boston.
0: In Red, Red Sox. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. He has been amazing this year. Um I think him and then you can also consider J D. Martinez, I think they have the same amount of home runs this year. They mm-hmm. both have been on fire. So yeah. Boston Red Sox are a very legitimate team. And, and and then you look at the the other side of the rivalry. you got the New York Yankees being the first team to have, with a, I think it's the first 40 games, have four players with 10 home runs.
2: That's, yeah. yeah.
0: You kind of knew that was going to happen. They got some something in their lineup. Yeah. Well,
3: I also think it's, it's they should have an asterisk playing in Yankee Stadium because that short porch in right field is just like... Was it three, three? It's got to be like three hundred nineteen something like that. And the ball just carries yeah. out there with the wind. So a lot of those yeah. home runs are out to that
2: right field. Yeah, a little. It's cool. always that short porch. You know, when they built the Great American Ballpark, it was tailor made for Griffey Junior. Because the right field porch it was like that one little alleyway where it's like three twenty, and it's only like that for mm-hmm. the first five feet in, and then it just then it goes deep all the way around.
0: Yeah, just out.
2: Yeah. But Dustin, you know, when it gets hot and humid in Cincinnati and Cincinnati becomes a launching pad. I yeah, remember it was. was it that year that Todd Frazier before the Home Run Derby or it might have been the season before that. It was like a 100 degree day. Todd Frazier had swung at a ball. The bat had slipped out of his hands, and for a split second the bat was weightless and they connected with the pitch and he still got a home run.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Only in Cincinnati. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, what I, think I think stuck out to me. Had, I think it's that Ohio River effect.
2: <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. When it gets hot out like that, that ball just jumps out of the park. But, yeah. but the player that kind of, you know, that's caught my attention, obviously. I've, I've got involved in the manios. Shohei Ohtani. Shohei. It's it's just been so much fun watching him and what he can do, and that's why I want you to tell the Griffey story, because I think Griffey could have done anything he wanted to do. If he wanted to be a starting pitcher, he could have been a great starting pitcher, but his attributes was he could contribute a lot more being an everyday player. Obviously, he had a an awesome career, so that speaks for itself. Yeah. Hall of Famer.
3: And he got to play with his dad.
2: Yeah. Got to play with yeah. his dad. You know, the Reds actually traded Griffey Singer over to the Mariners, so his dad forego a championship season, not that they know the Reds were going to win it all that year, to play with his son. I think that is that is awesome. To have the opportunity to play with his son.
3: And then uh, cue the music for Cats in the Cradle.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I a, thought it was pretty impressive when they both had a home run in the same game. Yeah. That, you know, the first time ever. Back done. to back. They did it back
2: to back. Yes. Yeah. Back to back, yeah. I remember that.
3: Well, I, for, for Shohei Otani, I mean, for him to have this level of success this early on is—he has beat the what my opinion of, the, of this whole situation was going to be. He beat my expectations by a lot. Um, I didn't expect him to be this good of a hitter. I really yeah. didn't. I expected him to be kind of like maybe like a th- they when he was coming over. I guess the comparison in the hitting wise was a uh, Hideki. Um, Oh, he played for the Angels and the Yankees. Hideki Matsui. Matsui? Yeah. Matsui? yeah. 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 Hideki Matsui. Uh, that was what he was projected to do. And I was like, Hideki Matsui was a great hitter. Yeah. He, was, he was the five hole on that Yankees team when they won the World Series and that team was stacked. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's like, I think he's the real deal. And then you also have the other real deal on the t- same team at the same time. Like you should go. Angels are are the team to watch in the MLB right now. I mean, you get Mike Trout consider oh, yeah. so Highly, baseball. and then you, and then you go and you can see Shohei Otani. That's crazy.
0: That's crazy yeah, the crazy, Angels crazy. have a lot
3: of talent. Hmm. Especially the lineup. I don't know about the pitching staff right now. I don't know about that. But the, the lineup has a lot of talent.
2: As as long as they stay healthy, that's the main thing. Yeah, that's I went. The, yeah. I went to a game a couple of weeks ago. They're playing the Astros, but Verlander was on the hill, and he just, you know, typical Verlander pitched nine inning shutout. A couple of times they kind of got to him, but they just couldn't score a run. If they would have scored a run, it would have been they probably could have got him out of there. But you don't you don't cash in on those uh, very few opportunities you have against Verlander. Guess what? You're going to lose the game. And it was just a two to nothing game. I mean, Garrett Richards played, pitched a gem. He lasted eight innings.
3: I think it you made it, one mistake. <laughs> that that is kind of a testament to how good Verlander has been this year.
2: Oh, he's off the charts. Yes. Yeah. Right there with Kershaw. Oh,
3: Kershaw's out. He he's been on the DL. I think the top pitcher right now is Max Scherzer. Yep. Yeah. And and then you go Garrett Cole, and then you go 3 Verlander and look at that. Two Astros. That's going to be a tough AL West.
0: Yes,
2: yeah, it is. Well, there's a pitcher out there who's uh and clocked for some high-speeds pitches, that is, Jordan <laughs> Hicks had a, had a sequence where he threw above 104 and above in five straight pitches. 104 miles an hour, 104, then 105, then 104, then 104. And how many of those were strikes? Every one of them. Really? Yeah, I think four of the five were strikes. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't. The,
3: I, we see, had he played
2: missile in Cincinnati. Now he's in New York, being their closer, and he's kind of Chapman. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of learned how to pitch now. He's not throwing the high heat like he doesn't really need to.
3: Well, now he's throwing more sliders in the dirt that I've seen. I mean, yeah. he, before when he was in Cincinnati, he throw yeah. heat. I just uh, it it wasn't too long ago in, in that spring training when he threw that hard pitch and he had that come straight back at him. That, that that was not true. Yeah, I remember that. that was right in the
2: face, too. That was just, oh, that was scary. You remember that, Dustin? It was in preseason? No, I didn't. I don't remember that. It was, a, it was, a, ah, it was several years ago. I want to say maybe three, maybe four years ago it happened. I think it was his
3: last year with the Reds.
2: Yeah, it was the last year with the Reds. I, I do remember
0: that, yeah, yeah, when he was with the Reds, yes. And then he, yeah,
2: and yeah, then he played in Chicago. And Was he at the Chicago yeah. just for a half a season, or was he there for a year and a half? I think
3: he was. Well, I think he got traded to the Cubs mid-season.
2: The the year the yeah, Cubs yeah. won the World Series. Yeah,
3: he okay, got so traded to the yeah. Cubs mid-season. So he was with the Yankees, Cubs, Yankees. So that was two years yeah. ago. That's crazy. That was only two years ago. <laughs> oh man, yeah. but yeah. I, I in terms of what Cincinnati Reds, um, they got a good team. In but ter- not maybe not this year, but. In the coming years, they're going to be really good. I like the the shortstop they have at Joel Perez. I yep. like him. I like him a lot. And then you also you got some pretty good... Um, you got some hitters.
2: Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, Eugenio
3: Suarez. Scooter Jeanette. Scooter Jeanette. He has done things on historical proportions. I think he's the only player to hit four home runs and a grand slam in the same week. Yep. <laughs>
2: yep. He had four home run game and he had a grand slam.
3: That's crazy. Yeah. So he he's good, and then you got Joey Votto, Joey Bats. You kidding? <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is gonna be a good team. I mean, like maybe not uh, this year it's the pitching. It's That's just what they the need. They need
2: pitching. The pitching staff <laughs> like of a lot of teams. They need pitching.
3: <laughs> just a young pitching staff.
2: Yeah.
0: They have to. Yeah, they have to give the pitchers a chance to go through a bad season and stick with them. You know, they can't give up on them too too quick
2: yeah no. that's true and you know, and they had to move on for brian price i mean he's he did a good job, but the the young guys just weren't growing under him i mean, I know it wasn't the the greatest situation you know i mean they set the record for the most rookie pitchers starting in the in a regular season. I think they did that two two years ago
0: the pitchers couple. set a lot of records. <laughs>
2: But they do have some, like Matt says, they do have a lot of really good talent down below. They're just not quite ready yet. But when they do get Major League ready, you know, hopefully they can have a a, a base team, kind of like what the Astros did when they first came up and won 100 games and, you know, got in there. They didn't go to the World Series by any means, but they were a playoff contender. And eventually they went to the World Series and won it last year. Not what the Dodger fans wanted. <laughs> Matt's a Giants fan, I mean- by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, I was going to say, um, about the Reds, I think it just depends on, um, you know, on their, how willing they are, how patient the ownership is willing to be, and if their young talent does develop. I think that's the main thing.
3: Yeah, the good teams figure it out. You look yeah. at the A's... They just are constantly doing this cycle where they're like, all right, we believe that the value of the prospects is the same and they're not worth this amount of money. And then they they get them way before their Hmm. peak, and then they they have one really good season, and then they go for like nine or ten bad
2: seasons. Or, Or they get the ageless wonder at age 45. Bartolo <laughs> Cologne. Oh my gosh. And he's still doing it. I love it. I love watching yeah. him. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Well you, you you were talking about chess matches, right? Yeah.
3: That's the chess master.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. The only guy to field a ball with his belly. I mean that's awesome. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, he, and, he, and he's got hits, too. I remember last year he, he had a couple of hits. He had a home run. Yeah, he had a home run. That's right. So he he had a home run. Career, yeah. you got to love Bartolo Colon. In Padre
3: Stadium. Yeah. That's like that's not an easy <laughs> ballpark to hit it out of. <laughs> uh,
0: it's just my character. There's no doubt about that.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, we I, got high hopes for the Reds down the road. I know right now the, the, the team that really rules Cincinnati lately has been FC Cincinnati you know i've been to a few of those games my brother took me to a couple games the last couple of years and i had a lot of fun the energy it's a great family atmosphere and you know you have the the bailey there's like a section where they're just all riled up banging drums whatever it's just the, the whole vibe of the the game is a lot of fun have you been to an fc cincinnati game dustin i know they're a, only two years in
0: no, I have not been to a game yet, but um, I, you know, I pay attention to them on, on the radio and on TV. You know, yeah. I, I follow um, what they're saying about them. I've seen a couple of games on TV. I've watched them play against Louisville, and I think I watched a, a little bit of a, a game they play against one of the MLS teams. Um, but, there, but there's a lot of support here for that team. Yes. I they're, they're, the city really getting behind them. Are they becoming breaking the records? Or breaking attendance records team? and everything.
2: They're, they're, well, it's been a it's been a process. They they chose one team. There's still one other team that they're going to choose to to move up to MLS. But they're just MLS is just kind of taking their time. But Cincinnati's the front runner. I think it's Cincinnati, Sacramento. They awarded Tennessee theirs. They gave Tennessee theirs.
3: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's Nashville. So Yeah, Nashville got, got
2: their MLS team, but there's still one other in, in Kansas City. So between Kansas City, Sacramento, and Can- Cincinnati. No, Kansas City has an MLS team. They do. Okay. Um, it's one of those teams out there in the Midwest. I just don't recall which one. Well, I, if you're
3: looking at it on paper, and I'm looking at it from a geographical and, and populations perspective, doesn't Cincinnati have more people than Sacramento?
2: They do, and there's also the Northern Kentucky area. So you got a lot, the tri-state area, you know, the Southeast Indiana. Then they'll probably get a franchise. And they have the support. I mean, they're they're breaking records. They broke a record. This is the third season they're starting. They broke their attendance record on their opening game, and they're playing at the University of Cincinnati Stadium. So eventually they're going to have their own stadium.
3: You know what I'll say is if any franchise team, any major sport, puts a team in Austin, Texas – that team is going to be rallied around because there's no professional sports teams in Austin, Texas. That
2: would actually that's be really true. cool.
3: That and I think Tucson too, Tucson, Arizona, because there's no there's no professional sports teams there, and, and people are rallying. Yeah, because it's too hot there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 you talk about slushy hockey. I think they do have a minor league a minor league hockey yeah. team, and I bet you it's just like they're playing on like slurpees.
2: Well, Dustin, man, yeah. we really enjoyed having you on the program this morning. I know well, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're getting low on time. I mean, I do want to throw a little French Open in there. Obviously, it just kicked off on the Memorial Day weekend. So you, not only you had two epic Game 7s, and then the first game, the NHL you know, Finals, the you know, French Open just opened up. So right now, real quick, just give you a little update, Nadal and Djokovic are still alive, obviously the King of Clay. He's probably going to be in the Finals. Now, the draw that he has, there's only really two high players. And, Dustin, you were talking about this guy. Del Potro can definitely challenge Nadal. And Marin Cilic, who's the number three guy in the world. So, we'll see. We'll see if they can. But that's it. And Djokovic, on his side, he's going to have to go through Dimitrov, Dominic Team, and Zverev. So is that, 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 Zverev is the, the German guy that's really tough. He's like ranked number two. I can't even tell if that's a hard or an easy... Path for him. It's it's a little bit more difficult, but Djokovic okay. seems like he's he's coming back. What I'm saying is, if Djokovic could get through his tough draw, he will meet up with Nadal in the final. Nope. That will make a really nice French Open final. Now, what's is it on clay? It's on clay. Okay, it, it's the last clay tournament, and then grass season starts. I
3: don't think anyone's going to stop Nadal. No, no, I don't either. How many tournaments has he won consecutively on clay?
2: Uh, just one because he lost. Uh, he Madrid. lost one. Okay. He, lost, he finally uh, he lost a Dominic team in Madrid. But before that, what's his longest? He, he, he had a he had like ah oh, geez, he probably won like nine consecutive, ten consecutive, something along nine those lines.
3: consecutive like, tournaments. Tournaments. I'm thinking about player. that from a golf perspective,
2: right. and that is unheard of. Yeah, but here's the thing: he has to win the French Open to keep his points and to keep his ranking. Oh, so there's pressure on him. Yes. Because you lose those points. So, like, if he gets knocked out, if he makes it to the finals, he'll lose half his points. Now, if I remember correctly,
3: Djokovic is coming back from injury, right?
2: Yes. Is jo- it
3: is it harder to play on
2: clay after an injury? Is it slower or faster? Well, he, he's actually been playing, though. Djokovic actually did a couple tune-ups. He didn't really do so well in Miami Open. And, uh, and the Indian Wells, he was out in the first round. But now he's, he's gotten up to speed. He's played in some other smaller tournaments where he's kind of gone a little bit deeper each time. So the French Open, you know, he's going to be ready. But yes, clay is slower and it requires more energy, and you literally have to play tennis.
3: Well, if it requires no easy points, if it requires more energy,
2: I mean, it's going to be tough
3: for Djokovic because it, it sounds yeah. like he doesn't have a big
2: enough sample size. But it'd just be cool to see, you know, him back going yeah, up against so. Nadal. He's not going to beat Nadal, and he's it's always entertaining.
3: <laughs> he's just an entertaining guy. <laughs>
2: Well, Dustin, once again, man, thank you for joining us on the on the show this morning. But we are running out of time. But we have the gold standard coming up, and who is that? That is Claudia Shambal, Ask a Leader, and she's you know we got the heart of the elections. We got a big election coming up, June fifth. So she's got a spectacular show. And what do we have here? Uh, hi, Claudia. So. <laughs> Good morning, Claudia. You can read the pop-up instructions to your okay. listeners. Okay, read it. Up, she's giving up a little.
1: The pop-up band's here for early voting
2: on campus. Claudia just handed me over. Got to get my reading glasses on because I can't see anything. Do You want me to read Gold it? World Center pop-up trailer is yeah. Here, I got it. You take it. You take it away, Matt. You got that so- soothing voice. I
3: don't. Not as I'm not a voiceover actor like <laughs> someone. Vote Center pop-up trailer is at the Aldrich Hall between the flagpoles all day until 8 p.m. So if you feel like voting, which you should vote because that's your right, being here in America, you get the chance to vote and speak your opinion on politics. So go vote
2: or not. You get to act on the things that were irritating you that you complain about on social media. This is your time to do something about it. I Get out there. Educate yourself. Go vote. I'm going to challenge you to shall, vote. She'll educate you on all the candidates.
3: Check out me challenging you to vote. You won't. Oh, I'm there. You won't go vote.
2: Oh, I'm voting. You won't. I'm voting. June fifth. <laughs> I got. I got it.
3: Don't tell me who you. Don't tell who you're voting. But <laughs> you won't. You won't go vote.
2: <laughs> secrecy. It's secrecy. <laughs>
3: it's secrecy. Well, well Aldrich Hall, all the way until eight. So if you want to go vote, go vote.
2: How do I no, follow that? Go vote! Go vote. <laughs> Go vote, Dustin.
0: <laughs> I will.
2: <laughs> Thanks again, Dustin. And uh, we, we got to turn you loose.
0: So i had a great time. Thanks, guys. It was a Thanks, pleasure. Dustin.
2: Dustin Stone, man, one of my great friends who I've always admired. I'm glad we got back in contact and we're going to be friends for life. But this concludes this episode of Sports Matters. I will have it up on SoundCloud. And also, you could go to KUCI.org and click TuneIn where you can catch all of our shows. Yes, I did say all of our shows.
3: And just like how I love all my grandmas.
2: That is a great close. (laughs)
1: See the shadow on the sun Standing on the moon stars go fading one by one I hear a cry of victory Another of the feet, scrap of old age got by Down on the sun, forgotten street out of street. Standing on a moon, where talk is cheap and vision's true. We're in San Francisco, all the back porch of July. Looking up to you in heaven, Chris, in the sky, in the sky.